0: Hello and welcome to the Sales Lab from Homebridge Financial where we discuss the best sales ideas, strategies, and solutions for today's housing market. Our program is designed to share the best practices and market intelligence with builders and new home sales professionals so you can find success regardless of market conditions. Our host is Anthony Grass, National Sales Director for Homebridge Financial's Builder Division, who will lead in today's conversation. Subscribe to this podcast to bookmark this link so you can find your way back for future episodes. And now our host, Anthony. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sales Lab by Homebridge Financial, where we share some of the best sales ideas, strategies, and solutions for today's housing market. Today's program is all about how people buy homes online online today, as well as in the future. This year, we saw a major shift in technology use and adoption as sales moved online for most of our builders, as well as our as us as sales leaders. We had to adapt quickly changing our online content and our sales processes. Now today, many builders have upgraded websites have lead capture have engaging content. But here's the real question. Are we as responsive as we need to be with today's leads? Are we managing them they, managing them correctly? The bigger question for me personally is we are in the middle of a very hot real estate market. So are we creating bad habits? And are we also under the illusion that our success is because of our perfection or mastering of the online sales process. So to help us answer these questions, I've asked Mike Lyon to join us today. Mike is the founder of Do You Convert and also author of Browsers to Buyers. For the past 15 years, Mike has worked with builders, helping them improve their online sales process and marketing. In addition, I think, Mike, for about the last eight years, you've been doing a home builder follow up survey, and it's really considered the industry standard, yeah. which talks about what are the best practices? What are people doing? What are the expectations? So I really look forward to uh, hearing from Mike today about you know his thoughts on today's market. So Mike, thank you for joining us today.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. And I thought your background was virtual. Turns out it's real. So I'm super jealous of your background. Very nice. Love the view. Well, thank you.
0: I appreciate that. So, okay, so let's talk about this. In the first quarter, the world got stood on its ear. Yeah. We went we went from model homes and handshakings and grand openings to yeah. all of a sudden you can't do that. All sales are online. And yeah. and we went from online the last few years was about a buyer preference. Now it's a necessity, right? We moved to this new virtual world. How did the builders handle this transition to online sales in your opinion? Well, I
1: think you know it's interesting when we talk about that because there's there's really two aspects of it. There's the lead generation, which is research, where they go to find information, how they're starting the communication process, where they're starting their journey. And that has been shifting to online for a while now, obviously. I think what Covid did, was accelerate that. um, And definitely, we took more of what would be general walk-in traffic because of necessity, lockdowns, safety, whatever, and instantly shifted it over to that um, temporarily. Um, Now, what has happened, though, is we started creating these avenues and pathways for Home buyers and shoppers, they're getting very familiar with how this whole thing works. So, I think what we want to differentiate between is like online sales, quote unquote, and mm-hmm. virtual selling, you know, the actual process of talking with the on site sales agent about the home and the community that they're interested in. Those two things are kind of separate. Okay. But definitely, we've seen a huge shift um, just in the past six months to online sales and lead generation. I mean, if I could go through builder to builder and builders out there listening right now, you know this: your leads have doubled or tripled. Your appointments have doubled or tripled and your contribution from the online sales program has doubled or tripled. So yes, we're definitely seeing that shift. Now the question is how did they manage that? Some did great. Anybody who had the position and the process in place handled that well, anybody who had the leadership and the foresight to help the on-site sales team make that quick adjustment to leveraging technology, video, Zoom, FaceTime, everything that you're using, they did okay. They really did okay. Um, but what we saw and nobody expected was home building, winning the pandemic lottery. I mean, so once all the dust settled, we just had a huge influx of buyers and inventory disappeared, leads went through the roof, and now we're in a completely different position. So that's a three part answer to your two-part question. Um, the shift has happened, and the builders mm-hmm. who were able to set themselves up for it have managed it a lot better than the builders who haven't.
0: So for the builders, so the for the builders who haven't, and I've seen a fair share of those who haven't, sure, you know, are there some basic, elements, content, and practices they should have? I mean, what are the basic foundational items they should have, you know, for uh, yeah. their online presence as well as, you know, lead capture?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, really there's a, we call it the foundational excellence in online sales. You've got um, your your website first, which now mm-hmm. you have to invest more in a website. It has to be optimized for mobile. It has to have everything from an interactivity standpoint. It has to have all the information clearly displayed. It's got to have virtual tours. It's got to have everything. So I could spend a whole session talking about that, but the bottom line is your website is your virtual model home. That's on all the time, right? So investing in a great website. Now, if your website is awesome, um, that's one thing. If nobody knows about it, we have a little bit of a problem, right? So you've got to have the online um, marketing that is driving traffic to your website. So focus, online marketing, getting the eyeballs, um, getting them over to your website, if your website's great, it's going to do what it's supposed to do, the calls to actions are clear, Um, you're going to create leads, leads need a place to live. So that's when the CRM comes into play. And then you've got to have a person in the position and the role of the program for the online sales program who manages those leads, right. So the online sales specialist is what we call that in our Mm -hmm. industry. And they have to have a process. So the process is very specific to where the lead came from, what they're asking, what source. And so you have processes driven. So website, um, you've got your online marketing, you've got your CRM, you've got your online sales specialist, and you've got the process for managing those leads. That's really the foundational excellence for any builder um, to set up a great online sales program.
0: Yeah, and with so many people online today, Mm -hmm. you know, again, the world has been changed here. We're all online. We're seeing a lot of buyers online. You know, what are buyers expectations today for the online sales experience? Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, I'll focus specifically on the sales side of it. I mean, the marketing is definitely one thing, um, you know, their expectations on content and what they're able to see. But the sales experience is the second they make that buying decision, which is their finger choosing to chat, text, email, you know, submit something to us and raise their hand and say that I'm interested Mm-hmm. Their expectation is a quick and immediate response and someone who can answer their questions and take them through the process, however they feel comfortable. We've got to meet these online buyers where they're at in the process, whether they're just starting out or they're ready to move forward. And if they're ready to move forward, we've got to understand, are they ready to move forward virtually or are they ready to move forward in person with you know, all the safety protocols in place? We've got to meet them where they're at. And so that's the expectation from the customer. And that's driving from not just home builders, but I mean, think about it. Everything that we do now is is contactless, is curbside, is immediate. It's DoorDash, it's Amazon, it's whatever you want. You expect immediate responses and like updates through the whole process of what's happening, right? Your order is mm-hmm. being picked up. Your order is on its way. You're, they are approaching your door. I mean, we think about getting your food delivered, we're just trained to do that and then what we have seen though in the home building industry and you know 400 500 home is you submit that lead and you're sitting there turning around going did this even go through did the builder even get it i haven't heard from anybody no one's called no one's texted no one's emailed me i don't know what's going on and that's a huge gap between buyer expectation and what a builder when most builders now have the money to solve this problem um, we need to close that gap as much as possible
0: yeah, one thing that I've noticed just in discussions with builders and that's a very good point is, you know, meeting the buyer expectation, right. uh, but you know, the swarm of buyers outside yeah. your business right now, un- unless we capture them, nurture them, make them sticky is a term that I use, they can easily dissipate and go elsewhere. So, the yeah. ability to connect with them, I think is so critically important to build that relationship to keep them around because most builders today are in pre-sale. They don't have standing inventory. So you're working working hard to build a future uh, contingent or cohort of buyers. So so speaking of that, you know, in terms of buyer expectations and this is something I've been studying closely and I I recently uh, had the director of economic research at Zillow on our program to talk about was, you know, right now, over 41% of buyers of new home buyers in America are millennials. And if I go into our data and I've been looking at it, we're approaching 50% of new home buyers are millennials. Now, Mike, you have told me uh, and taught me this over the years, that that buyer cohort are technology natives. I'm a Gen -er, Xer. So I am a technology immigrant. So, you know, I own two millennials. And so, I notice that they don't answer their phone, but everything, everything is mobile. Everything is text. They're used to doing that. So does this buyer demographic change expectations or does it amplify the need? I mean, how does this impact? Because they're not going away and this is going to be our buyer cohort moving forward.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that shift anyway, and and I would even take out millennials. They'll definitely, we can put some stuff around that to say, hey, their expectations and communication preferences are different. But I really would say everybody's communication preferences have changed. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to communicate in a way that is convenient, whether that's texting, chatting, email, for sure, you know, those are opportunities. I don't ever want online sales or salespeople to forget the good old fashioned telephone because you can actually accomplish a lot on a phone call when you think about virtual selling or online sales but Mm -hmm. also just their willingness to jump on a facetime call to jump on zoom to jump on anything else this is technology that is not scary to them they don't care about looking at themselves in a camera where you know the tech you know the the digital immigrants as, as we like to call uh some they look at that and go oh this is weird they'll do whatever is convenient so I think it goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning. If we meet them where they're at, we're going to win. And we just need to make sure that the online sales teams and even the sales teams that are doing more virtually are comfortable and familiar with that technology. Beyond what platform they're using, you know, a new demographic and a new buyer is cynical. You know, they don't know how the, this is supposed to work. This is their first experience into it. And all they have to compare it to is everything else that they do and how they shop. And so what happens in the home building industry in general, and even in used homes is we train them to like decrease their expectations. Mm-hmm. And I don't, think I don't think that's a great place to be. I think as in the home building industry and, and resale everybody who has to do we need to increase their expectations on how we can respond and communicate with them. And the good news is builders are starting to do that. And one of those specific ways, too, is making sure we've right-sized the online sales program. Just like you said, we've got an abundance of leads. We've got desperate buyers out there who just want to change their, uh, their living situation. And so we've got to make sure that we handle that. Technology can only solve so much. If everybody's trying to text, chat, call, email at once, and you don't have people and manpower to handle it, you're going to have an issue. And so builders are starting to see that I can't just solve the, everything with technology. I've got to have the people running the technology.
0: Yeah, I agree completely with that. I, and, you know, you mentioned something about video, um, you know, with, a, with the current buyer cohort being very comfortable yeah. with video and, and communication. And maybe if you're a salesperson of my age, maybe you weren't as comfortable being on video, but because of social distancing and the inability to meet in person, you know, yes, phone, very important, but the video gives you an opportunity to have a personal connection that you don't wouldn't normally get in this situation. And we've actually tracked in our sales that when we do face to not face-to-face, face, when we do video conferencing, Our closing ratio, our capture rate is much higher than just phone or, and never email, never email, but anytime. And so it does make a big difference. So get comfortable being on camera. It's not a big deal. Uh, Buyers, buyers, you know, want that personal connection as well. Now I had mentioned in my introduction, I talked about the hot housing market. Yeah. Um, In your opinion, Mike, how has that impacted builder behavior and performance? You know, are they, really taking advantage of what they should be doing or are we seeing are we getting lazy
1: well i mean i'm gonna say this with love in my heart because this is this is my industry this is our industry right anytime we have um it turns to a seller's market yeah the, the the laziness creeps in i mean what you want to do is redirect that as much as you possibly can and say, how can we increase efficiency? Right. Mm -hmm. Because that it allows us to do that. If we are in a place of, um, you know, we're the, we're in the driver's seat because if, if supply is low and demand is high, there's a lot of things that we can adjust. Here's what I'll speak to though specifically in the world of online sales. Um, and even, you know, that bleeds over into onsite sales. Yes, we are, we are starting to develop habits that will not serve us past the pandemic. We are shortcutting things because we can, we are eliminating some of the personal communication because we can, because we've got more people interested, and who are trying to communicate with us, then we have to try and do the outbound to communicate communication to get them to talk to us. So it's really been flipped on its head. What mm-hmm. we think, which is so interesting is just some new people getting hired coming into this market. And I tell them all the time, I just warn them, I say, I just want to let you know, this is not normal. This (laughs) is, this is crazier than even when we saw, you know, in 2006, 2005, 2006, because a lot of, a lot of stuff has changed in, in the market. And so, we just warn them like it's gonna be different when we wanna make sure you've got some basic fundamentals down. So our encouragement is always just don't lose the muscle memory. Don't mm-hmm. lose the muscle memory of prospecting, of personalization, of speed of your response. Keep some of these key things in place. And if you cannot do those, it's usually not because you don't want to. It's because you can't, because the lead volume is too high, or you've got a million other things going on. So we really just strongly encourage everybody to focus on those fundamentals keep that muscle memory going and avoid um and be realistic about what's happening right now because it's not going to last forever it's it's definitely going to keep going but probably not at the same pace and and not you know
0: for three four years yeah i completely agree with the muscle memory and and to continue to uh you know work on your fundamentals you know even in in my organization the same thing in any sales organization, when demand is so strong, when business is so strong, we take our foot off the accelerator and the general behavior is when the market cools and it will cool, then we scramble to get back at it. And, and really it takes a discipline to keep working on the fundamentals now so that you maintain those disciplines because we can't control the market, but we can't control our behaviors and we won't have the large ups and downs you know, if we're doing what we, we should be doing out there.
1: Well, so, let me, can I can just say one thing to that too, sure. is, you know, our, we, we, we definitely want builders to streamline and be efficient because you can right now that mm-hmm. will change. We'll, we'll, we'll adjust, you know, what we need to do from an outbound communication standpoint. I think what's interesting that we're seeing and, and not a lot of adjustment being made is, um, setting the right expectations for the customers reaching out. Customers are reaching out thinking they're going to be able to set an appointment tomorrow and buy a home in a week right from the get-go. So they're they're almost starting out disappointed. And, mm-hmm. and they're starting to get the gist as they walk talk to one builder and then talk to the next builder and, and realize that there's nothing out there. You've got to set the right expectations up front for these customers and not just communicate for the sake of communicating because you'll just be having conversations with people who want something now and can't get it. So I think there's another big adjustment in just messaging that needs to be made out there too. Because a lot of people go, I can't say anything. Yes, you can. It's just the messaging has to shift and adjust. So like going back to what you said about being sticky, you don't want to lose that customer in six months when you really need
0: them. Exactly. Well, you know, let's, if you don't mind, let's go into just a couple little details here. I was reading your survey and they were talking about response times and expectations. Can you share a little of that with us in terms of, you know, are we responding in time? What are buyers expectations in that area?
1: Yeah, I mean, buyer's expectations for a response is immediate, right? I mean, if we're going to submit something and put in full contact information, including our phone number, we want to get an email response. We want to get a phone call. We want to get a text. We want to get something back. And, you know, when we looked at before COVID, because we did three different studies this year, we broke it out three times before, during and what we call COVID fatigue. The first phone call was coming 2.3 days later, the first email 1.5 days later, and the first text, if it came, 2.9 days later. So we were nowhere on the spectrum in the normal times um, on on those responses. Now, COVID fatigue, we've improved it a little bit. I think people are focusing more on streamlining that, that response time, but the response times are still not there. Um, you know, the average is 1.8 days for a phone call. First email was 16 hours. So that did improve. And the first text was within a day, 23 hours, still not fast enough. I mean, during, we submitted these leads during business hours, you you expect responses within minutes, not days and not hours. So just Mm -hmm. right off the bat by focusing on response time and increasing that you're going to be the first one to get to these customers.
0: Mm -hmm. Should, um, When, when we talk about response times, not, not being met, is that a staffing or a process or both? Um, You know, is that a process problem?
1: I think it's both. I really do think it's what we're seeing right now. I think there's a staffing issue. Mm -hmm. I also just know that um, from working, we work with hundreds of builders and hundreds of online sales specialists all across the country every single month. And, and, when you don't have to respond quickly to what you would consider non-essential leads, you're going to focus your priority on live conversations, the phone ringing um, mm-hmm. people emailing you back in your inbox. And so I, I don't think that it's someone sitting there at their desk and a new lead comes in and they look at it and they go, eh, I'll get to that later. Um, it's like, they're doing, they're doing this over here. They're, you know, on the phone over here, they're trying to handle two appointments that they've set for that day. So, you know, I think to your, to your point, I think it's primarily going to be a staffing issue now okay. the the fear for a lot of builders is like, well, how do we staff up for a temporary, you know, temporary increase in demand? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe it's, it's that temporary. I, I think, you know, most builders are understaffed. They were understaffed before COVID and during COVID. They're definitely understaffed for in
0: handling the right amount of leads. Yeah, we're understaffed and underbuilt. So yeah. uh, with a changing buyer demographic that's coming into the home buying age. So, you know, barring any major demand shock, uh, demand should stay very strong for the foreseeable future. But speaking of staffing, you talked about demand. You know, one question I get asked a lot is, hey, you know, a COVID vaccine is forthcoming. We should have something, you know, shortly in the next few quarters. Um, is virtual selling here to stay? Huh.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, I said this at the beginning when we, when we sh- and listen, we did training on virtual sales. We're big believers in it. Um, yeah. Our thought process is, If we can safely meet with someone in a home, home builders are set up for this better than anybody else to still allow people to experience the actual product that they'll be purchasing, right? We can do this socially distance. We can take breaks between private appointments. It's not like it's an open house. It's not like we're competing with those other stuff. So to the, the long roundabout way back to your, your question is parts of virtual selling are here to stay but shifting the entire sales process to virtual sales? No. I mean, I I think anytime a customer can actually get on site, they will. Now, all that being said, if demand is still high um, and inventory is low, they want to see this, make a decision and move as quickly as possible. Some people will forego the in-person, but for most people, it's going to say, hey, I want to do a lot of the discovery and kind of the basic questions and how the process works up front that may be virtual. um, But then I want to go see it. And then after I leave, I want to handle the the tail end of this thing virtually. So I think we're going to sandwich it um, and still have that in-person visit, no matter what virtual appointments are still appointments on site appointments are still appointments. Follow-up, even though it's virtual is still follow-up. So just because the actual way that we're engaging has changed, it doesn't change a lot of our goals and what we're trying to accomplish in our communication, and our messages to um, our customers and our processes. So mm-hmm. that's a long answer to, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, we're virtual selling and we're not going to have a model. Um, but I do think aspects of the sales process are, are fundamentally going to change just because buyers are more comfortable with it today.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I think uh, you, you're correct the experience of being in the model home. It's one of the few things that we purchase in life where you, where that is such a critical point. And it's also emotional, right? It, uh, yeah. uh, Jeff Shore talks about emotional elevation. Well, when you're in a model home. That's what, that's what you get. I think the virtual aspect, what you talk about being a, uh, uh, basically it's a, it's a process that not only is in person, but also on virtual is that's the research side, that's getting the work done. That's where people are very comfortable online. But from a business perspective, if I'm a builder, if I have that, if I have that part of my business tuned and built correctly and fine tuned, then I'm compressing the sales time and sales cycle. And I'm probably increasing my capture rate as well. So there's an upside to really defining that in my opinion. You know, moving forward here. So, so behaviorally, people have been doing this for nine months, and uh, it's becoming part of our our day-to-day process, right? We've had to do it. We're going to be going on a year here uh, pretty soon. Okay, I
1: I I just think it it helps the salesperson be more efficient too. I -hmm. mean, you know, the lead up time, the appointment time, and everything else that goes along with it. If you can do some of these things prior to them coming out and serve the customer well and serve the process well it's going to be beneficial to the sales specialists as well um you know again there's not i mean i think about buying homes i've bought entirely too many homes we've moved entirely too many times for uh for for as old as we are but my wife is she's addicted to moving and we're always still Getting a sense of the location, um, the community, the neighborhood, how the house is positioned, where you know we've bought a lot of new construction too, how it's being built, what's next to it, what's behind it, so those things are still we're not quite able to go out and show all that stuff as as well as we'd like to. We're getting there, but I think still people for a big uh, decision like that, they're still going to want to come out and visit. Yeah, abs-
0: absolutely. Okay, so we're almost done with 2020, yeah. yeah, and now we're getting ready. We're looking forward into 2021. Give me your thoughts on what are the what are going to be the biggest challenges and risks going forward, and then the follow up on that is really, you know, what can builders be doing to to maximize their success?
1: Well, I was done with 2020 like two months ago. I just want to let you know. So, <laughs> I've already moved on. Let's do. I say. We're, we're done, um, but you know, yes, we are rounding up. You're, you're starting to plan for 2021. I had this conversation with our online sales coach Jen Barkin the other day because we're doing goal planning with our online sales specialists and resetting numbers and and metrics and conversion rates. And she goes, "How do I? How do we plan for this?" And I said, "Jen, I don't really know the answer to that. Like, we can't. I don't know if it's going to continue at this heated." pace, I go, what we can do is look at what was going on before what's happening now, and do the best that we can to understand what's going to happen in the future, we are going to be in a weird spot for a little bit, because supply is gone for a lot of people We're in closeout final phases, Mm -hmm. we're waiting for stuff to open and come online, we've got construction issues, we've got labor issues. So the risks and the challenges for next year is the primary one that I can think of is just the demand without the the supply and people kind of sitting around going what do we do with all these people who've expressed interest in the meantime the risk is if you don't take care of them if you don't communicate with them about something you'll lose them you'll offend them you'll they'll be gone right right and so you just want to make sure that with marketing the sales team and the online sales team is thinking about ways to engage and tell the story and tell everybody what's going on in the market and when they're ready to move forward. The other thing too is if you're not thinking about your pre-sale program and launching these new communities and just going, Oh, the market's great. It's going to be great. When we launch this, you could be caught, you know, sitting there going, Oh shoot, it's not as good as we thought it was. And we didn't do anything in the meantime to build up a database of people who are interested in this community. So if you only rely on the market being great, um, you're just trying to go off timing and timing is never, never, uh, you know, that can be a cruel mistress. It can catch you when you're not paying attention. So um, those are the biggest risks that we see for 2021, but builders who've got solid programs and people who are focusing on that will do
0: just fine. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I have been speaking at several builder events and that's been the issue with you know how to find success in pre-sale because there is some hesitation with buyers they want to buy now how do they capture today's you know his generationally low interest rates you know select yeah. their home and then secondarily you know i call it the swarm you have all these buyers outside the outside the door how do we keep them around how do we prevent them from from dissipating and many of the things you shared are great ideas and strategies. You know, we need to engage them. We need to connect with them. We need to communicate regularly with them to keep them, you know, and, and as our buyers and not that you can keep them all, but you can keep a good portion of them and ensuring, because again, we can't affect the market. The market will change. It does change. There's many forces outside our control, but those are all things that we can be doing uh, to actively engage, our buyers and future prospective buyers. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being on our program today for sharing your online uh, ideas for sales, for for lead development, for lead capture. I, I greatly appreciate your input. For all of our listeners, if you want to connect with Mike, you can go to doyouconvert.com. That's Mike's website and company. You can check him out, check out their podcasts, check out all the information, the copies of their surveys there as well. So for all of us here at the sales lab, thank you for listening today and have a great week. Thanks everybody. Thank you.